What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, first of all, cheers to everyone who's um, with me here on this late night. Well, for me, I usually record these Mortcasts at like 10 a.m., and then sometimes I'll like schedule them out for the next day. So um, this really is unique for me. But due to immense, and I do mean immense, technical difficulties that I had today, I am recording this at almost 7 o'clock at night. I'm enjoying myself a nice little glass of wine. So if you are listening to this and you happen to ha- have yourself some vino, um, crack that open and we'll have a mellow, mellow good time here as I talk about Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., which is something I have uh, talked about. Out many, 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 many other times on this podcast. I digress, though. Um, some housekeeping, though. Um, once the season begins to ramp up, I will uh, go back to two CSGs a week. Um, and uh, I hope everyone goes and be, sh- be sure and check out my second channel, The Gen X Show. Uh, I talk about a bunch of just stuff that interests me there. And I've got a special thing coming in uh, October that I hope everyone stays tuned for. I'm putting a whole lot of work into it. Um, it's just, I can't even describe it to you, but I'm putting a whole bunch of work into it. So I'll be promoting that on this podcast throughout the month of September. Um, I'm, you know... It, it, it's big deal to me, so I hope everyone likes it. But that's uh, that's it. Um, but uh, go check out my late my episodes. Last week I did uh, an episode on uh, the movie Return of the Living Dead, and uh, this week I uh, have a conversation about uh, how crappy music was in the late '90s with my friend John Michael. So be sure and check that out, Gen X Show. Go to subscribe on Apple iTunes. All, all, you know, all the iTunes, I was going to say iTunes, but Spotify, you know, all the major podcast catchers. Okay. Nikola Jokic and uh, Michael Porter Jr. And this is going to be until the Nuggets make a decision on on whether they think this experiment with Michael Porter Jr. being in the midst of this uh, situation in Denver works. Um, it really is going to be an ongoing thing. Um, and my issues are never not going to automatically go away until I see that Mike and uh, Nikola Jokic have found a way that they can coexist. And there's a lot of reasons that I say this. Um, I went in the first half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about um, how how this has evolved to this point. Obviously, injuries have hurt but I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is paint a scenario in the second half, where I talk about, um, you know, barring injury, and gonna leave that aside. How I think they can make it work. Um, but in the first half, I'm gonna talk about our evolution to this point. Um, you know, if we are talking about life. In a, in, a, in a kind of a fair sense for Michael Porter Jr., he would have been drafted high in the 2018 draft, and he would have been on a rebuilding team, you know, knowing what it is with his injury, because I'm sure that they would, the, any team that would have drafted him would have sat him for a year, like the Nuggets did, until he got healthy. And then what they would have done is basically turn him, basically turn the ball over to him because he's that kind of talent. There's a reason he was projected top of the draft before he, you know, had his, before he had his issues. Um, 
And it is his misfortune and good luck that he was drafted by a team that was uh, in um, about to go on into the playoffs. Remember, uh, the Nuggets prior to him being drafted were uh, didn't uh, were basically knocked out by the Timberwolves in Game 82. And uh, then the Nuggets go into that offseason, they draft Mike, and then he has to sit out the entire 18-19 season, which was the Nuggets' first playoff season. The evolution of Michael Porter Jr. has been has been interesting in this insofar as the, the the struggle to get him incorporated hasn't affected how great and dynamic the offensive offense is when he's out there. I'm going to exclude the first nine games of last season because he was clearly injured from the moment that game one happened. Um, in that that's that uh, that first little you know portion of the season happened. Um, I'm going to talk basically about 1920 and 2021. Those were Mike's two years where he was relatively healthy and putting up numbers. And in, quite frankly, uh, in 2021, Mike was shooting uh, was uh, shooting um, a very high percentage from three. I think it was 44% that year. And he, uh, uh, was like averaging 19 a game. I think it was what it was. I mean, you, as, as a, as a league, um, source told me, um, the person gets rewarded for that kind of production. I mean, that's, that's, that is elite. That is hard to find. But it is also true that he is incorporation into whatever, um, the Nuggets have done with Nikola Jokic slash Jamal Murray has been clunky and very hard to achieve. Some of that is injury based. Some of that is um, Mike Mike's problems with incorporating himself, and some of that, quite frankly, is Nikola Jokic having a very rigid and and specific view of how basketball should be played, and it's not necessarily congruent with your tip prototypical NBA player. And I'll elaborate on that by this, by saying this, um, Michael Porter Jr. is your, is a very prototypical NBA player. He's kind of like your logical evolution from AAU to a year of college to the NBA. He is, he is a logical progression, typical NBA talent. That is, that is, um, what you see. And he was an evolution of that due to his size and his ability to shoot. But he's very, a, and what I don't want to say American, but he's a very NBA player, right? Your typical NBA player. On the other side, you have Nikola Jokic, who is very much your not typical NBA player. And Jamal Murray resides somewhere in the middle, which which should make this be able to work better than it is. But I will, I will throw out some things here that I think that maybe give you an explanation as to why this has been so clunky, uh, even though it's awesome. Um, Michael Porter Jr., probably if he was, I'm going to bring this back to this, if he was drafted where he should have been drafted, barring injuries, he would have been on a rebuilding team, they would have given him a year off with the injury, and then they would have put the ball in his hands and said, "You're awesome. Do what you you do your awesome thing," and he would have gone through your typical high draft pick learning curve, which was throw you to the wolves. You're on a shitty team. Uh, we're not going to uh, worry about about effect 
Um, but we're not going to look about us. We're not going to worry about aesthetics. Basically, at this point, we are going to put you out there and make sure that you are uh, just getting exper- learning by experience. There's an argument to be made that Michael Porter Jr. would have been better served if he would have been on a team that put him out there like that, because he would have been forced to learn different skills. Um, the Nuggets, um, due to their own needs, have basically. Um, I, I think this is not 100% correct. My friend Adam Mares has really gone uh, gone so far as to do the Clay Thompson comparison thing. I always thought that was wrong, and I still cling to that because Clay Clay very much is his size, and Michael Porter Jr. is six foot ten, six foot eleven, and he can shoot like no one's business, and he's probably more akin to people you have seen come into the league who are that tall and are, or have that kind of skill set um, where the nuggets have needed him is to be a spot up shooter and then cut. And I, people have got on my case when I've said this, but this is 100% true. I am not getting off of this. Nikola Jokic's ideal basketball player is for Gary Harris's and him on the court. Okay. Cause it is like, it is just all these people who cut to the basket and do all that thing. That's why he and Gary work so well together. Okay. That is his ideal Nikola Jokic basketball player, but the talent in the NBA is such where you can't have that sort of thing. Um, Jokic ball exists in a great effect during the regular seasons. Um, but when things bog down, you need other things, right? which is where the pick and roll with uh, uh, Jamal Murray has come into play. That has, uh, that has been a how to incorporate a guy who with the skill set and sweet shooting of Michael Porter Jr. has been the Nuggets vexing issue. And trying to fit him into a role that exploits it to a great extent, injuries accepted, has been the Nuggets' problem. Because when you have Nikola Jokic, who wants people to cut constantly, um, you have a situation where you have a player who, quite frankly, I don't want I don't want Michael Porter Jr. constantly cutting to the basket. People have got on my case for me saying this, but I think it's absolutely true. Michael Porter Jr., um, and his injury risk and all well, all the things that come with it is not worth cutting to the basket. Um, you need him being able to spot up and shoot, which is what the Nuggets have done outside of that. But they have done a pretty poor job of getting him other opportunities. And uh, it is basically, Mike, stand out and make sure that you space the floor and do this stuff. And Jokic, with his mindset up to this point, um, Nikola Jokic has been frustrated with Michael Porter Jr. because he isn't doing the Gary Harris thing, not constantly cutting to the basket. And if we're going to talk about the frustrations that you see from Nikola Jokic, it is not based on shots that he takes as much as it is the fact that he is not the cutter that people want him to be, specifically Nikola Jokic. So in that context, when you look at Michael Porter Jr. and what he's able to provide, it becomes a zero-sum issue. Right? 
if he's not able to cut to the basket, we are like, what are you doing out here? Why, what, what are you even providing? All this stuff. And it gets the team frustrated with him where he is still, like I said, 2021 season, he shot, he, he was averaging 19 points a game, people. And that was with a guy who basically does not function within the Nuggets offense. 100%. And the Nuggets issues with incorporating Mike appropriately into this offense are going to be ongoing until they figure out how to locate him on offense and where to feature him. Because it's hard not to feature someone as good as him, as good as him when he's healthy. So on the other side of, uh, of everything, I'm going to talk to you about how I think the Nuggets can begin uh, incorporating Mike into the situation to better use him and make sure that he is the the element the 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 element that makes Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon and uh uh whoever else is in the starting lineup uh make them uh the what they are Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, make them what they are and what they could be and what they could be even better, which is a championship team. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Um go in there today, get yourself some wine. Um, we're getting to the cooler part of the year, even though today is blazing hot and I'm like sweating my, my butt off in this room. Um, the, it is starting to get cooler and Denver in the fall is like peak um, going downtown and just experiencing live season. So as we get close to that, go down to, to Blanchard Family Wines in the Dairy Block and get yourself a bottle of, a, you know, you know me, I prefer the reds, but uh, they got whites, they got um, bottles from all over Colorado uh, um, that uh, really, this really is a local Colorado business and it's really there to serve you and it'll give you a great experience. I always enjoy my time when I go down there. Um, once again, I, I don't get paid for doing this. I, I read about them because I like them. I like what they bring. Um, I will go down and have meetings at Blanchard um, because it is such a nice place to just great atmosphere to just talk to people and have great conversation. Go to bfwdenver.com, pick yourself a bottle, get yourself some swag, book yourself a table, anything you want. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th on Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CHU Podcast sent you there. How the Nuggets can reincorporate or incorporate Michael Porter Jr. in a logical sense where it doesn't disrupt everything. Obviously, he's going to need time with the second unit um, and not have to compete for shots with Bones. And that's going to be an issue that I will get into later uh, in in the offseason where I think that could be. I see a potential conflict there. Um, I think that, you know, Michael Porter, Mike gets a lot of shit from people undeservedly. He's been nothing but extremely supportive of his teammates. Um, I, I think that that part has been uh, not only overblown, kind of made up by people, but I think that um, in order to get Mike better situated, it's going to have to be sprinkled in with um, doing what they're kind of starting to do with playing him with the second unit more, doing the Scotty Pippen thing where he was basically, you know, it was he and Monte in the second unit, but it's going to be Ish Smith this time uh, or whoever, but Bones. 
Um, so you're, there's going to be this kind of situation again. But in the starting unit, I think the Nuggets have always missed uh, out on an opportunity of exploiting Mike's, Mike's size, how tall he is. Mike's a great mid-range shooter. Um, he's got a great mid-range game. And um, when you get to this zero-sum three or layup situation, and really kind of you miss an opportunity to get someone in a mismatch situation. And I've made the comparison to Danilo Gallinari. Gallo at his best, at his absolute best, prior to his knee injury in 2013, was great exploiting mismatches. Gallo was preternatural with being able to post up guards. Um, And he would he would screen out and get get his get his ass on guards and he would back them down and he would shoot over them. Gallo's bigger than, you know, as, as by bigger I mean bulkier, but they're, you know, he and Mike are the same height. Um, but one of the things that that Melvin Hunt told Danilo Gallinari is that you are taller than these people. Shoot over them. And that really opened up his game, and that's why Gallo had his best season in uh 2013. Um and then, of course, Gallo's game changed post-knee injury. Uh, but he was still great at exploiting mismatches. And one thing the Nuggets are so lousy at with Mike is getting him on mismatches. Everyone who covers him is going to be smaller than him. And if they use screen out correctly, he can get a post-up where he can just turn around and get a nice sweet J. And I mean, really, that is that is it, a missed opportunity that the Nuggets just don't exploit and you could get this guy that much uh offensive opportunity and it opens up so much as we learned when Keller was doing it back in 2012 to 2017 when he was with the when you know in the nuggets he he was able to get these mismatches, and it just made that 2016-17 Nuggets offense with Jokic and Gallo, even though they didn't get along, um, that offense was absolutely awesome. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that Gallo was just so good at getting mismatches. And it worked well with Jokic um, in that situation. And where the Nuggets have really failed is understanding that Gallo, that, that, that not Gallo, that, that Michael Porter Jr. is not, is not Clay Thompson. He is not Clay Thompson. Gal, he is, he is closer to Danilo Gallinari because he is six foot 10 slash 11. And I think, I think, I think where the Nuggets really have let themselves down is not being more creative when it comes to that. Because obviously you want spacing, you want people to stand out on the three-point line, you want them to be able to to space the floor as much as possible, get get Jokic on the block. The Nuggets, it won't take much, much deviation for the Nuggets to understand that Mike can get some mismatches. And I'm not saying he needs to back people down. I'm saying that you can get him, you can get him switched on a guard where he can just shoot over him. And I think this 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 sort of thing has just been missed. And I think that that's where that's where Jokic has really not identified where uh, Mike is good. And I think the Nuggets need to kind of design things around that. On the at the same token, on the other end of it, um, what? Mike has not been able to do is adapt 
at least so far, and this is a so far thing, because Mike's only played two full seasons of basketball, okay? Um, where Mike has struggled is adapting to Jokic. And that is a struggle with a lot of NBA players. Jokic, playing with Jokic is different than every playing with any other NBA player. It is, it is hard to describe that to people. Because... To, to, to players, because they're used to a certain thing, and Jokic is not a certain thing. He is very much... He, Jokic is very much a player that, that has a certain way of viewing basketball, and that is hard to get used to. And it's in general, it's hard to get used to having a center basically control the ball and give Dish out the, the assist. It's a mental... It's a mental difference that it is hard to with a when a league that has been as we you did, we learned in the last three episodes three four episodes that I did on CSG where we were talking about how things are were way they were now back then they are they are now this is a shooting point guard dominated league and uh Jokic is very much a point center and that is hard to get used to and I think I think Jokic has struggled in adapting to a talent like Michael Porter Jr. Mike is different from anyone he's ever played with other than Gallo. And he and Gallo had issues. And I don't think it's the same thing here with with Mike and uh Mike and Jokic. It's a different kettle of fish, as the British would say. Um this is very much a, a situation where these these two, specifically Jokic, needs to identify where he needs to get Mike his best shots, and part of that is Mike coming and meeting Jokic in the middle. And I think Mike, rather than cutting to the basket all the time, he needs to crash the boards when there's a shot. Um. I kind of have already said that I don't want him cutting to the basket constantly. I, I think that would just is opens himself helps himself up to injury. But crashing the boards when people are faced away from you is a much better situation. And Mike's a good rebounder, so if he's contributing in that way, I think Jokic can better identify where where he needs to go with him. People get obsessed about the shot taking. The guy makes bad shots. I think we need to get over this. Okay. We need to understand that this guy, if it's anyone who shoots 44% from three, it just let, it's not a bad shot anymore. As I discussed in the Chucker episode, we've, we, we don't, we don't have the same barometer for what a, what a chucked shot is. Okay. So I think we need to adjust where our mental landscape is. And Jokic needs to do that too with, with, uh, with, uh, Mike, but Mike needs to understand that he needs to do other things. He will never be a top defensive player. He's good at blocks, um, and, and he could do that more. Um, due to his limitations with his back, I don't anticipate there being a huge leap for him on defense. But he can crash the bards, and if he gets more and more rebounds, that'll help the team tremendously. Because that 
that actually frees up Jokic from having to constantly crash the boards too, which really beats him up. And if he's able to do that, he can let Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell Pope be the the, per, the perimeter defenders, and Mike can is would be Mike and Jokic would be free to be the rebounders. And I think that is where he can move himself into a different situation with Jokic, and they can kind of meet each other in the middle, which is what they need to do. I don't think this is a terrible relationship. This is just a fundamental misunderstanding of where each of these people are. Mike is the typical uh, NBA kind of talent. Jokic is not, and that's okay. They need to find a way to meet each other in the middle. And I think if they meet each other in the middle, this team will be a championship contending team, health considered, obviously. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I will be back next week with another episode. Goodbye.